Merrick, thanks so much for uh, stopping by and joining the show for the first time. I think it's always great when we have a guest come on for the first time to do it in person. It's a bit more natural, a bit more seamless for people who maybe have been sitting on the, under the proverbial rock in this space and maybe don't know about what you guys been building for the past few years. Um, give us an introduction, then we can talk about this big move to Ethereum. Yeah, happy to, and thanks for having me. It's great yeah, to be here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Stello, for those of you who, um, I guess, as you said, have been living under a rock, um, it's an EVM-compatible Layer 1, um, and you know, soon to possibly become a Layer 2, uh, as we'll get into in a bit. Um, and you know, the origin story for Stello um, starts around five years ago, when we tried to build um, a really easy-to-use mobile wallet. Think of it as kind of a global Venmo. Uh, on top of Ethereum, um, and not surprisingly, you know, it was hard then, and you know, probably still is, um, would be quite difficult, if not impossible, to build something that was easy enough to use, something that worked like a true global Venmo um, on top of Ethereum, and so that took us down the path of, of building um, an EVM compatible, um, you know, of course, EVM compatible um, chain that had a few fe features that. Um, made those types of applications really easy to build. Um, and so if you think about what, we, what you would need to create a global Venmo, you need, you know, certainly scalability. Mm -hmm. So we created a really efficient proof of stake consensus protocol um, with a lot of similarities to uh, using the same cryptography that ETH2 uses, but um, Cello was launched, I think, three years before ETH2. Um, but then we also added the ability to pay for gas with tokens natively. On Celo, and so when you send a stable coin to someone on Celo, um, you can pay for that transaction fee in that stable coin, and then critically, the receiver of that stable coin can send it on to someone else without needing to go and try to get gas currency. Um, and then, um, thirdly, we added the ability to pay for, sorry, we added the ability to uh, send value to phone numbers, um, and so there's this really cool public good now on Celo called Social Connect. Mm -hmm. which lets you, um, in a privacy-preserving way, verify your phone number and, um, um, and um, attach your phone number to your wallet uh, so that you can receive payments on your phone number even before you've created a wallet. Uh, and then finally, we created a ZK-SNARK-based like client that lets you um, uh, receive payments, sorry, sync your chain really, really easily on a mobile phone. And so the combination of all of these allows you to build really easy to use mobile dApps um, um, on top of Celo. And um, yeah, the network's been live for three years. Um, it's, it's growing uh, a lot and um, um, yeah, it's just uh, been really, really exciting. So just two things um, I want to unpack or double click on from a historical perspective, going back and looking at the history. First, why was the idea to, why, why did you think maybe the world needed another layer one? And then two, on the, on the sort of first iteration or, or product that Celo built out, this um, global Venmo, mm -hmm. um, why do you think the market wasn't ready for it? And, and sort of, will there ever be an opportunity where there's some form of Product market fit. I think about just my own daily life. Um, yeah. You know, I'm in I'm in Prague with our CEO Larry, mm -hmm. um, and you know, he pays for the cleaner or he helps set up the cleaner mm -hmm. at my apartment. I'm like, how do I how do I pay you? Do I have to? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no the Venmo on my end won't 
work for you know his it's gonna gonna happen it's coming yeah so it just seems like it's it's such a headache that i'm surprised that we haven't seen some products sort of take off with a degree of success yeah so certainly now you can you can send value uh, to phone numbers you can um you can send stable value really easily anywhere um i think we've solved the rails of uh of the problem um, or that can power the solution for exactly that, that use case. Um, I think the challenge is um, primarily run on and off ramps. Um, so we have really easy to use wallets, but they're only really useful for people receiving those payments if people can cash in and out. There will be a time when you can pay for everything with crypto, mm. but there will also be before that time a transition period where folks have to be able to go back and forth really, really easily. Because even if you get the money sent to your wallet, you have to then send it to an exchange where you can convert it, it to Exactly. And so increasingly there are these on and off ramp companies that, that are building really nice experiences that let you um, integrate uh, them into a mobile wallet and so you can cash in and out. And so what we're seeing in the market is now hundreds of these on and off ramps popping mm-hmm. up. Um, all of them, on and off ramping is very uh, regulated, so you need a license. Uh, you typically need ba- relationships with bank, uh, local banking uh, rails. Um, and so it's a very fragmented market. Lots of these are popping up um, and it's becoming quite onerous for wallets to mm-hmm. integrate them all. Um, and so one thing that we're doing to solve this is we launched a public good called Fiat Connect. Mm-hmm. It's an open API standard that um, on and off ramps can use to communicate with wallets. And the idea is that if everyone speaks the same language, it will become much easier for wallets to integrate with all of these hundreds of on and off ramps globally. And once that happens, once you have, you know, say half of the world, maybe, you know, maybe two thirds of the world covered, then suddenly uh, it becomes really, um, it'll become really quite compelling to, to receive um, payments into your crypto wallet um, if you know. They have, there's somewhere to go with them. Totally. Okay, so why, when you first uh, got started, what, what did you think was missing in the crypto world that required a, a new layer one? Yeah, so, you know, this was the beginning of 2018, so a very different landscape from now. Obviously, uh, roll-ups uh, weren't a thing. Um, the, I think even the roll-up roadmap was, uh, hasn't really been um, yet uh, figured out uh, in the broader Ethereum ecosystem. Um, and so we didn't really see any other way to, to actually uh, build that product without... Um, building that layer one um, and you know we we were very much you know excited about the ethereum ecosystem we we knew we wanted to to kind of be in it and so we we said let's focus on these kind of core features that allow people to build these really easy to use mobile dApps but let's do it in a way that's as ethereum compatible as possible and do it so that it's um, Kind of effectively in the broader Ethereum ecosystem, and so that's focusing on 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 what specific portion as you transition the Egan. Sorry, are you saying are you asking about Eigentrust? Yeah. Sorry, Eigenlayer. Yeah. 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 So so that was a reason why we we launched an, um, a layer one. Um, and when I say we, really was a community. Um, um, C Labs nor the Stella Foundation have, has never run uh, validator nodes for the network. So the community about three years ago brought up the network. Uh, it's been running um, 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 
we've been running uh, really well since then. We've only had one production incident over the last three years, and so uh, it, it's it's been, um, it's been great. And we have uh, a lot of really great Ethereum DApps that have now come to Celo, um, Uniswap, Curve, Chainlink has now uh, deployed a few months ago on Celo, um, and. Um, and so, you know, coming back to kind of this proposal, um, one thing that we got really excited about is the fact that Eigenlayer has now launched. Um, and the reason that excited us is because, you know, we've been long looking uh, for ways to um, kind of return home to Ethereum, so to speak, uh, to find a way to, to become an L2 in the broader Ethereum ecosystem in a way that doesn't change the functionality and the features that we offer to our builders and to our customers. Um, and if we were to just become a traditional you know, optimistic or ZK rollup, uh, we would be doing data availability on Ethereum, um, and that is quite expensive. So about 90 to 95% of the gas fee that you pay when you're using Optimism or Arbitrum goes towards data availability on uh, simply for storing your transaction on top of Ethereum. Um, and that typically means that you're paying transaction fees that are in the kind of double digit cents range, which is just too expensive for our use cases. So we have a lot of users who are using uh, Celo for P2P payments, uh, for micro um, lending, uh, for uh, earning money uh, from micro tasks, um, UBI projects as well, uh, primarily in Latin America, Africa, and Southeast Asia. And, and there, I think paying, you know, 20, 30, 40 cents per transaction is just not going to make sense. And so, um, and so we wanted a solution that could work well uh, for, uh, for those users. And with the launch of, of Eigenlayer, uh, Eigenlayer, of course, allows uh, Ethereum validators to restake and then run additional middlewares. And one of those middlewares that's particularly compelling is EigenDA. Mm -hmm. so EigenDA is effectively dank sharding, uh, run by Ethereum validators, secured by ETHStake, um, but arriving um, many years uh, ahead of, of dank sharding. Um, and dank sharding, of course, is kind of the solution to, to this kind of cost problem that we just talked about. And that kind of answers the question of why now for, exactly. for, for this move. Um, what, you know, I noticed, I think Hasib at um, Dragonfly tweeted out a dune chart on seller growth. What, what do you think is driving a lot of recent growth right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, question. Um, and, um, and that's in large part also thanks to the fact that Dune now has deployed uh, and seller uh, support recently. So uh, we've been really excited about that. Um, so you're absolutely right. The uh, active addresses on Celo have been growing uh, substantially. Um, Nansen also has an interesting char uh, table. Uh, if you go to their Chain Paradise page, mm -hmm. and if you sort by um, the um, biggest uh, growth percentage growth in addresses, either over the last month or even the last half year, uh, we we rank at the top of the list that they have. Um, and so that's been really exciting to see, you know, because it is a bear market uh, and growth in the bear market is hard. Um, and, and the reason for that is because we, we focus heavily on real world use cases on, you know, things like payments uh, and, um, you know, those uh, micro lending, uh, UBI projects, um, 
the, the earning um, protocols that I mentioned. And all of these are, are driving those, those numbers. Um, so many of them either launched recently on Celo or migrated to Celo from other chains. Uh, and because of that, we've been seeing this influx of, of users coming in to use those applications. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like you, you, you folks um, are very product driven versus like maybe focusing on the like the underlying blockchain technology and sort of building that out. Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the origin story, as I mentioned, starting with the wallet, realizing we can't do it on Ethereum. Let's build a platform that then can enable the dream wallet that we, we wanted to create. I think that forced us to take a full stack approach when thinking about the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since launching the platform, we had to then take a step back and actually then transition to more of a platform mentality because um, crypto projects um, are... Uh, projects that ultimately um, require not just one successful product on top of the platform, but you know a whole community of people that are excited about kind of the shared mission of the project, and uh, and you know ultimately uh, one of the amazing things about Web three and crypto is that you have composability, and so you want all of these projects to come and compose with each other uh, and build just amazing um, offerings and. That is not really possible in a full stack way, right? Like it's very difficult for one company to um, to build an entire ecosystem like that. Um, and so we started off with this full stack mentality, but as soon as the community launched network, we rapidly kind of transitioned to to a more platform style approach. That makes sense. So walk us through maybe some of your predictions for the implications of shared security on Ethereum? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, So, you know, obviously we're we're excited about Ethereum's kind of uh, scaling roadmap. We were excited to be part of it. And and so this is why um, we we kind of brought this proposal forward. Maybe just uh, for the audience, it might be interesting just to summarize the the proposal. so we talked about eigenlayer and eigenda being a core piece of it, and so that's that's what we're doing to keep transaction fees low. Uh, but we also um, have a, a decentralized validator set running the L1 today, and we wanted to um, maintain those um, contributors mm-hmm. uh, and that level of decentralization. And so the proposal calls for turning that proof of stake consensus protocol into a decentralized validator set and and these and decentralized valid uh, sorry decentralized sequencer set um, mm-hmm. um, as, as you know most layer twos right now run um, their um, chains just on one machine with just one sequencer it's, it's a point of centralization it's a point of potential censorship uh, and so we wanted to do a little bit better than that um, and then finally um, most L2s also currently uh, enable reorgs, uh, and because Celo is focused on these payment use cases, on these real-world use cases, we really wanted to move away from uh, reorgs, and so we also had a design that offers um, one-block finality. And so the summary of the pr- proposal is to transition this kind of L1, proof-of-stake L1, into a um, 
very decentralized L2 with a decentralized sequencer uh, with really low gas fees using EigenVA and then with, with some interesting uh, innovations around one block finality. Um, and um, once you have that, then you can have, uh, of course, a, a native bridge uh, to Celo. Um, and I think that's uh, ultimately uh, maybe where you're getting to with your question. You know, once you have native bridges to Ethereum, um, now suddenly you can um, plug into every uh, L2 uh, in Ethereum. Um, suddenly there's a way to trustlessly communicate across all of these different L2s. And I think that's ultimately what um, I think that's ultimately why the roll-up base scaling strategy of Ethereum is extremely powerful um, because the, the trust requirements to send messages across what will be, you know, soon become hundreds if not thousands of chains all rolling up to Ethereum. Um, the ability to trustlessly send messages between all of them um, is really only possible thanks to this design. You know, yeah. there's many other proposals that have you know existed before there's like client-based bridges there's uh, sharding based strategies but ultimately none of them have the same security that that this roll-up strategy has and I think ultimately that's why it's winning out in the ethereum ecosystem because it's just offers so many advantages so next uh, six months what are you most excited about so next week we're gonna um, put the proposal up for uh, for governance the seller community is going to vote to see if okay. they want to uh, um, uh, they want C-Labs to help uh, implement these changes that, that C-Labs is proposing. Um, if so, then we're going to roll up our sleeves and, and get to work and make it happen. It's no easy feat, right? Like this is a chain that's running. It's actively producing blocks. There are a lot of users on the chain. Um, we don't want to do this in a way that would disrupt them. Uh, yeah, so. it's kind of like, you know, getting all the luggage out of the plane mid-flight. Totally, yes. I think, um, yeah, rebuilding the engine mid-flight. Um, I think there's a lot of really amazing metaphors for just how difficult this is. Um, and um, luckily, we've done a lot of the hard work. We've Before bringing the proposal forward, we wanted to make sure that we had a viable plan. And that required doing a lot of the research, doing a lot of the architecting, uh, um, and I think we've um, de-risked a lot of that. And so now it's just pure engineering. Um, and, you know, um, again, assuming the proposal passes, we're going to spend the next half year um, building and then also doing two hard forks to, to deploy it. So the first hard fork is going to happen in August. You can think of it as kind of a one that will prepare things uh, and make it easier for us to then do the next hard fork without any, any downtime. Um, most importantly, we want to do this in a way that doesn't impact the users or the DAP developers, so it will be transparent to, to both of those. It's only really the node operators and people uh, running um, full nodes that will have to you know, upgrade you know, just like they would with any other hard fork. Um, so that's the plan. You know, of course, there can be unforeseen things that come up. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if anything like that does pop up. The joys but, of governance. Yeah, but we're, uh, we're, we're excited. Yeah, I mean, I think the reception has been really great. Um, I gave a talk about the proposal yesterday here at DCC and in the audience it was, um, you know, like a big audience showed up. They seemed very engaged. People asked really great questions at the end. 
Um, the re yeah, response on Twitter has been um, beyond what we, I think, anticipated and expected. And so uh, clearly uh, this is resonating with uh, not just people in the Celo community, but also in, in the broader Ethereum community. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like we, we firmly believe that this is the right thing for the Celo ecosystem. We, um, we have our roots in Ethereum, you know, for us, you know, kind of returning home, so to speak, was always the intention. And so, um, you know, we felt that now that there was an opportunity to do it, we, we had to take it. But it was still um, nerve wracking. We didn't know how mm -hmm. people would react, right? It's, it's a big change. Uh, people have different pre preconceived notions about L1s, L2s, the difference, the impact and everything. Um, and, and we weren't sure how people would react. So uh, the fact that um, everyone in the Ethereum ecosystem uh, was so welcoming, you know, Vitalik posted on, on, the, on the forum and gave feedback uh, about the proposal. Uh, Dan Crad came and, and uh, did a fireside chat where we talked about it um, um, uh, at an event just next to ECC. Um, and, you know, so many just uh, really great uh, reactions just on Twitter. It was just really wonderful to see. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks thank for joining you. the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Great. We'll have you back on soon.